Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tap. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, ball, So listen to Professor, yes, sir, yes, sir. Pay- This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Welcome to episode 294 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, from institutions large and small, from the NAIA to the NCAA. We share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU. I have none other than the Brian and AB Sports Rap team. They've joined me. So I got Brian, Forfoot, AD Drew. AD Drew now is a clinical professor. But we got the prof- visiting professor, Brian Forfoot, back in the, the story. So we should have a good lecture today. We're excited about it. And we're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to our KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer and a beautiful home home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THG Agency. THG Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. I've been on my A-game the last couple of days before getting into some business of what's going on. Just bringing it back and forth. Let me start out with you, Brian, as the most recent guest on the show. How are you doing today, Brian? Well, Doc, uh, I, I'm, I'm still at work, so I mean, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Still. <laughs> man, I appreciate you holding it down. You getting on the show, you don't even leave work, man. I tell you, that's pretty nice. Pretty nice. Let me go. Like I, to, go ahead. I was, I was worried. I, you know, I finished with one job, so to speak. I had some duties at work to be done at six, and I'm thinking, man, if I go home, what's the worst thing that can happen? Traffic. Uh, you know, I try to stop and get something to eat long line and you know just all kinds of bad things running through my head so i said now nah, i better just suck it up and stay here so uh you know be a part of the uh sports rap takeover so it's all good man thanks for uh bringing me in i like that the sports rap takeover without a doubt that is what it is we'll see if we can hold this together because we got the other half of the team clinical professor ad drew drew how you doing today i'm doing fine a that explains the different set than I've been seeing from Brian since he's uh, relocated. I see the medallions and everything on the wall and a couple of pictures on the wall and everything. Is that, is that the championship medallion? Championships. That's there the you championships. Go. Right. You're going to do and it then, like that. Huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, then, and, and then number two, Brian. I, I don't know how y'all do it down there in Orlando, Florida, but in my office in uh Tifton, Tifton, Georgia, since my office is in the gym, I've got some snacks and peanuts and granola balls and crackers. And all, I, I've got an emergency stash and I, I, we got a refrigerator microwave in there too. So when, when days like this occur, we've got our stash. So, you know, just a suggestion for you, my brother. I'm on the hunt for a refrigerator. Yeah, I got all the snacks on the uh, around me right now. I'm just, I just need a, a refrigerator. You know, that's what I need. Yeah, can you throw the microwave on top of the refrigerator? That way you can heat it up. Might be a fire hazard if I do that. You know, I <laughs> yeah, you know, I just, my lines lit up. You can't do that. 
And then the other <laughs> thing is, you know, it's just something when then guys, you know, those that can carry their weight a little better than some of us when they start talking about the snacks and all that, it makes me real nervous. Exactly. I'm like, Come on, man. Healthy you know, stacks, Doc. Healthy stacks. You know, fruit and grapes yeah. and there you go. Granola, granola bars. You know, I'm not talking about Snickers and Twix and okay. Oh, and, sure. and, and like these sure. kids like those hot Cheetos right now. I right. say I say that stuff for the uh, season. It's still too early right now. I, come November, it's a whole other story. The stress of the season gets to me then. Yeah, I, I have a pack of Skittles on the season time. We got the behold the green and gold linen. Is in the building. Lennon Blow is in the building. Chuck Hunt is in here, as always. Checking in from Monroe, Louisiana. Noel Price says, good evening to the dean and the professional lab. That's right. Countdown is on until week zero. The I love hashtag Go Tigers. It is right in the house, right there. Willie Alex Hine, always representing that CIAA. No doubt about it. And it says, I'm here and present for present for the class. My homework is completed. That's what I'm talking about. Norfolk State University is in the house. Behold the green and gold. First one to announce they did the homework. That's my man. <laughs> he, he ready to hey, fire the Alex, Alex can I borrow some one. notes? Alex, can I borrow some notes? Can I can I can I slide <laughs> over there and borrow some notes? <laughs> G Boom Holly says, looks who is in class as the adjunct. That's right. Judith Miller is in here. Lashana, Russell Pace, thank you. Brother Wendell Davis. Thomas Einstein Maddox is in here. I love it, I love it. What else we got in here? Mary Allen, Carol Keelum, Ricky Burton. Man, we got a house full. It must be close to the first week. Arby Parker, I see you, says he's from Huntsville. Bulldogs in the house as always. Troy Lamont Coleman, Aggies in the house. Donald Crawford, keep it coming, keep it humming. We'll get you back out there. Let me get this first news of the day in. Brian, what direction do you want to go? What's on your mind? What's hot out there in the HBCU sports world? What has you ticking right now? Uh, but I couldn't put it out there quite yet because I knew the pen to the pad hadn't went out there, but I'm getting all these messages and I'm like, yeah, I thought it was pretty real and pretty serious, uh, but didn't want to jump out there. But yeah, it's a good point. Uh, this is getting very interesting real fast, as they say. Yeah, the, the, uh, the Hunt, I mean, I think Huntsville might have been one of the first that I saw in it out. Atlanta came in, but this apparently you've got the key television markets of New York, L.A., Philadelphia. Hey, Brian, hold up. They said they can't hear you, so I'm going to go to AD Drew and then come back to you and see if we can get that straight because they have no sound on your side, uh, okay. Brian. Let's test AD Drew. What is your news Mike. of the day besides the HBC Go? Doc, we'll I think that, Doc, I think that's an old message. Okay. Oh, okay. So we, we're good with me? No, a couple of folks are saying they can't. No sound, just like two. No sound. Uh, it's a couple of folks saying Okay. Lost audio when you switch to the one person is what G Boom Hollis does. So let's see if we keep it on the three screens. So keep going and see if we get it up there. Go ahead, Brian. Okay. Uh, test one, two. So I, I, I guess what I was uh, what I was looking at here is some of the key markets that that are that are being hit here um, through this uh, through this. Uh, uh, through this deal, you got uh, New York, L.A., Philadelphia, Dallas, Atlanta, San Francisco, Boston, Seattle, Tampa, Detroit, Miami, and Pittsburgh. And so uh, what this new carriage deal allows is for HBCU Go uh, to, what, put their, tele I guess, to partner with local television stations and be able to broadcast these games, um, which, I mean, look, 
this is huge because it, it we've already seen somebody on this day rival the four-letter network and say, hey, they're not the cat's meow. You know what I'm saying? They, there is something else out there other than them. And so I think in our space, in our market, being able to present an alternative that allows people in big markets on, you know, known platforms, known stations to be able to see these games that HBCU Go is planning to show. uh, I think that's huge. I think that's really uh, a really, and if I'm not mistaken, Doc, you don't have to pay $4.99 to see some of these games. They're probably already on your cable or you probably can pick it up with the digital antenna. Right. But HBCU Go, is it a paid platform? No. Yeah, I don't think HBCU Go is a paid platform. So you have various, which is still your point, and you get it overhead. So I like the idea that you have multiple frameworks, which is essentially what you're getting at. Multiple carriers, multiple ways that you can follow it, because I think that's the dynamics of uh, the generation we're in. You have people that consume uh, media content, whatever it is, in different fashions. So the more ways that you can get it to them, the better, because now you can count those numbers. Um, Before I go to Drew and see his thoughts on this, because I I think it's that important of a deal, let me give you some of the quotes in here. Quote, Allen Media Group is thrilled that the CBS O&O stations have joined our excellent group of the broadcast television station and partners to increase the reach of HBCU Go, high-quality sports program, end quote. That was said by Byron Allen, founder and chairman CEO of Allen Media Group. Quote, we're proud to amplify these amazing athletes and HBCUs while at the same time helping to finance the education of these young athletes. Now sports fans across the country will have access to the best in-class game from America's HBCUs in close. Another quote is, we are honored to work with our partners at Allen Media Group to bring live broadcasts of HBCU football games to our audience in 12 major markets. To your point, Brian, 12 major markets at this time, said Wendy McManon, president and C- co-head, I should say, CBS News and Stations. Quote, last one here, as a Louisiana native and football fan, I'm personally and professionally proud to play a role in having our station sign a light on historically black college universities and the student athletes who are living to uh, out their dreams, both on the field and in the classroom, end quote. Uh, Drew, what are your thoughts on that? Sounds like they've got every major market uh, with the CBS stations, except probably Chicago and St. Louis. Those were two markets I did not hear you uh, mention where there's a large, uh, tend to be larger alumni bases for HBCUs. We're not going to count Indianapolis as a large market, Brian. Sorry. Hold on. I'm mad you threw St. Louis in there. Get out of here. Oh, St. Louis has deep alumni bases with uh, multiple schools. That's that's the reason I I threw that in there. I'm messing not just one singular market, but uh, Doc, can I follow that up with the, I guess on the calendar today, I must have missed it, that it was a sports media day throughout the nation because the deal that the Big Ten signed today, and I know it's not directly HBCU related, but Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, who is an African-American, has garnered an NFL-type deal for the Big Ten. So, you know, when you look at the money, potential money that's been exchanged today for media rights, primarily in football, but the Big Ten deal uh, and the Byron Allen deal also deal with other sports such as basketball and some other sports. It is truly amazing the power that collegiate athletics have. The HBCUs are carving their niche out with with Byron Allen, with the four letter network deal, and a few other and a few other deals, HBCU League Pass Plus, so you kind of see a similar framework to what the Big Ten has done by having three different partners, three different media deals. Uh, the only thing with the HBCU Go with the uh, linear deal, you're probably not going to see them a game on CBS. At 3.30 Eastern, because 3.30 Eastern pretty much is reserved for the Big Ten beginning in 2023. If a game's going to be on there, it's probably going to be on the dot two or the dot three station 
of those uh, in those markets that you mentioned. But all the way around from the Big Ten to the SWAC, these are some great media deals and opportunities to show how important these athletics are in the frame of entertainment. Good points. Good points made by all. Before we get into this break, um, people have probably seen the game September 10th, Albany State at FAMU, September 17th, Southern at Texas Southern, uh, which is actually a neutral site game um, in Arlington, September 24th, Arkansas Pine Bluff at Alcorn, October 1st, Grambling versus Prairie View, State Fair Classic, October 8th, Grambling at Alabama A&M, October 15th, Florida A&M at Grambling, October 22nd is Bethune-Cookman at Mississippi Valley. October 29th, Arkansas Pine Bluff at FAMU. November 5th is Alabama State at Bethune-Cookman. November 12th is Bethune-Cookman at Alcorn State. Number 19th is Texas Southern at Alabama A&M. Um, so solid games on here. So it's fascinating. In conduction of what you're getting on ESPN. I know there's a couple of chatter out there talking about whether SWAC is giving away the games. I can confirm they're not giving away these games. There's a contract on this game with Byron Allen. Legitimate money out there. My understanding, the funds are anywhere from about nine uh, million to eleven million a year. Um, there is an escalator clause. I think it's around a ten to a 12, 12 year deal. Uh, you're talking about anywhere from a hundred to a hundred and twenty million dollars on the deal. So it's significant money. Um, and as you dig into it and you do your research, you you'll find out. That, um, as you can see, the time it took to make sure the deal was exercised correctly is fascinating. And what this does to me in terms of when the media rights deals come up uh, with ESPN, what it does in that way. Now people can start to understand and see the bridging gap, the seriousness with what Dr. Charles McCullen, the commissioner of the SWAC, was talking about uh, moving this conference to FBS. I told anybody that would listen to me, the way this happens is because of the money associated with the media deal. I have a backdoor seat. And so when I tell you things, uh, if you trust in what I do in terms of my research and what I've told you over the years, if I tell you, you need to put it in the bank and believe it. Now, it's your choice. Understand it. Go do your research. But you better have some good sources and dig and dig because I don't play with this. I don't play this game. So I'm not going to put anything out there that I hadn't had triple source, that I hadn't had direct things. Oftentimes, I can get my hands on paperwork that y'all can't get on there. I can't disseminate it. I can't show you because of the role I played, not just on the media side, but as a consultant. So take it for what it's worth. It'll show out over the years in terms of what's going on. But this is seismic in terms of what's taking place out there. And this is real money. Yak is in a place where they're going to get some real money as well in terms of their HBC go side of it. Uh, but um, you all laugh at these folks, these commissioners, and think that they have spent 20 years in a career, some of them ADs. They may not be perfect. They may have some things to do with, but some of y'all hadn't even really understood athletics at all and spent no time. But because you have a little space to do it, you think you know something. You may take some time and really go research some of the background and find out the truth. I'll leave it there. Let's get into our first break. We'll come back. But that's just the doctor telling you about doing your homework. Not personal, just letting you know what I do. We'll be right back after this first break. We'll bring you the rest of the show, get into some more information and numbers, the business of sport. If you're really interested in hearing it, stick with us. We'll be right back. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. 
Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow So listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Brian and AD bringing you back. Let's get in a little more news before we break down these offensive lines. We're going to sell that on the tag. I know I went in. Not personal. But I just want y'all to have the information. And trust, man. Trust, man. Some people do the work. All right. Brian. What up? No, I'm sorry. AD, what else you got on the table? What else you want to get out there? Well, it's football season. And so yes, it is. Let, let, let's stick with some football news, except this one is uh, questionable timing. We'll just put it. We'll just say that. Valley is shutting down its stadium ahead of its home opener. Uh, and it says the alma mater of Jerry Rice is trying to raise money for the facilities. Obviously, when you think of Mississippi Valley, first name that comes to mind, maybe the only name that comes to mind for a lot of people, is, Je- is Jerry Rice. Well, uh, there was no explanation given Wednesday for the shutdown, but a school sc- spokesperson told HBCU Sports, this is from uh, HBCUsports.com, that things should be ready to go by the time Valley hosts Delta State in uh in mississippi uh we know facilities are a big issue not only at valley but at every institution so they have decided to shut down and to do some whatever type of maintenance whatever type of work that they need to get done right now uh some people saying it's a turf some people saying there's some other things we don't know we're not there at valley we're not in in abena but we just know that as of I believe next week, they will you will not be able to get on into the stadium. Uh, Valley had the lowest athletic budget of three point nine million dollars, which goes back to the story that we just uh, broke in the first uh, segment of the show about the money that's be coming in from the media deal. So this is one school who definitely. These old these those funds. So, uh, j- j- timing I think sucks, but you got to do what you got to do to make the facility at least safe and accessible for the fans. Yeah, and then the good thing on that is they believe it will be open for the season. That's when you really get a little nervous. But I believe when they were playing and building and redoing that building, they had to play at a high school, so. They do have some ways to make sure they can get some things done. Ultimately, uh, as you ended it, they got to find a way to make sure people are safe. Um, what's the? There's another facility in terms of university, University of Hawaii, where they shut down the whole facility. They're playing. Um, I'm not sure they the soccer stadium. The entire the entire season, in terms of University of High, is they're playing on a, essentially a practice field where they brought in some bleachers where they're going to play their game for about four thousand folks. So. Um, it happens. It happens. Hey, hey, Doc. Before we move off of this, uh, you—I don't know if you got the schedule in front of it. Does Valley have any home games on uh, either HBC, HBC, you go or ESPN? Just, just curious. Yeah, the October twenty-second game features Bethune Cookman at uh, Mississippi Valley State. Okay, so that's one to keep your eyes on. That they were planning to showcase Mississippi Valley State. Um, as I said before, if they don't have it, they do have a local high school that they'd probably be able to make sure that they can play the games. But according to that, they believe they should have it ready to go before the season open. Brian, what else news you got out there? Well, before I move to that, I, I'm curious. You know, I, I 
does Valley sure. practice in that stadium? I mean, because look, the games don't start until September, October. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on them closing it. Uh, I, I don't know. The field turf is not this year. I'm assuming they're still raising the funds on the field turf project. Um, they may be doing some other aesthetics. So let's not let's not panic completely. And you know, because we don't know, uh, there's no need for that stadium right this very moment. It's not like games are being missed because of it. We so, don't have a game Saturday. <laughs> exactly. There's no, there's no game Saturday. So uh, maybe, just maybe, they figured out. I think what's crazy, though, is, and again, I don't know all the political backstory. I've heard some things, uh, why Valley's budget is so low, why they're so underfunded. I think there was some, uh, it was very curious that Willie Totten, who was on the staff, all of a sudden, went to some others. I have no idea where he went to another school, just out like of the community blue. college, a community college. Right. I mean, is the community college operating better than the state college in Mississippi? Uh, that, they just might be th- that. Yeah. You know, so that's crazy. And then the whole Jerry Rice thing continues to baffle me because I got to imagine Jerry Rice. And look, I don't, I don't, we, we, we have somehow gotten in the business of getting into other people's money. So I hate to say what I'm about to say, but with a $3.9 million budget for Valley, I got to think Jerry Rice got that sitting in a shoe somewhere uh, and <laughs> might be able to double up double up the budget for a year, maybe. I, I, again, I hate to get into people's money, but that's what we do. That's what we, see, we seem to be doing that a lot, talking about other people's media rights, monies, and all this other stuff, and we don't know what the heck we're talking about. So I might as well just pile in there talking about Jerry Rice's money. But it is kind of odd, and it's it's very strange the relationship that Jerry Rice and Mississippi Valley State has. That's, that's all I'm gonna say, and I'm gonna get out of the way and move to the next story. Uh, which well, well I, I do want to break in there because oh, I think you please, bring up some please, uh, actually, you bring up some uh, important points there. Um, Valley does not practice uh, on the stadium; they practice outside of that. And if you remember, to give you an example of that is when. Coach Prime went down there and he was looking at the practice facility. It was outside of that. The other thing I think is a point, as you said, counting people's money, well, it's out there, at least what the people will somehow get their hands on. Jerry Rice's net worth is $50 million. Um, and that sounds like a lot of money, but he's living off some of that money. And even if he puts some of that in a foundation, you know, you're only generating so much um, in terms of net worth. And most people, um, they try to live in their means. So he's probably living off uh, the income in terms of the, the, the money that he has in a foundation. So, I mean, if you just do the math, even if he does that double that money at 3.5, I mean, he'd be broke after seven years in terms of just literally writing that check off. So he's not even having a net worth where he's getting a million dollars in terms of his money, uh, even on interest. So I think we got to be careful because we see money and we think people are popular that they have a money. Now it's different. If he was a billionaire, I might say, all right, that's a little different, but a millionaire, that's not a lot of real money. And he does provide, you know, money and tries to leverage some of his relationship. And what people do is what they try to do is they try to leverage their relationships with corporations that are billion dollar corporations that have the ability to navigate that space better. And so those are the things that you got to consider is not necessarily somebody's writing a check themselves when they don't have that much money, especially when you talk about he's one person, but what is the given rate of Mississippi Valley uh, in terms of people that are making 50,000 or 40,000? If you give in that same percentage of money, then you add all it together, then you got something. But we got to get past this idea that we're going to have one person are two people that's the saver of the institution. It's everybody putting it in. Well, you brought up a good point about leveraging your relationships. And and I hate to compare uh, what Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders, but former teammates, uh, former opponents. uh, But what that's the, that's the beautiful thing about what coach prime has done at Jackson state is he's leveraged a lot of his great relationships to get things done for Jackson state. Yeah, outside of, and I, 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 again, here I am talking about other people's money. 
Um, outside of his announced money that he put forth for the completion of that project and the football, um, uh, the football state, uh, the field house, the football field house, he had been spending his own money. Maybe he has, I don't know, but he's been, he's been getting a lot of other people to pay for things at Jackson state football field, other things, you know, uh, suits for the team. That's not coming out of his pocket. He's leveraging his relationships. So where are Jerry Rice's relationships? He's a hall of famer. He's the greatest ever. Dancing with the stars. Yeah, dancing yeah, with the- but the, the relationships that he has is different. And I, get I can give, just give you an example. You would think because of the relationships, who do you think has a more network? Deion Sanders or Jerry Rice? Well, I, w- I would definitely go uh, Sanders. I mean, just off of what I've AD seen. Drew? Oh, so, I, I, listen, y'all going to get me in this lecture mode, so I'm going to show I, you how. I, I, I concur. I, I, right. I, I, I concur. Well, according Prime. to the, it's the internet, so it's worth whatever. But according to the internet, <laughs> I told you Jerry Rice is worth fifty million. Deion Sanders, in terms of twenty twenty two, now estimated net worth is forty million. Wow! So there's a difference in that, but you don't know. This is where it gets important to really go do the research. You don't know the investment opportunities Jerry Rice has. Jerry Rice was out in San Francisco. In terms of what he may have had relationships out there uh, in putting his money in terms of what he invested that allows him to have net worth. What are those corporations he went and do those corporations uh, give back? What is the relationship Dion has in terms of being maybe more outgoing where folks like the idea of being around Dion versus Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice now has, you know, put himself out there, but he hadn't necessarily been on that level. So those are some of the things that we got to consider when we really break this down is really going to take the time to do the in-depth information about what these things look like. We're up on it. Great dialogue. We got to take this next break. We'll save some of the other news that's out there to the end, but we're going to come back. We're going to talk about these offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and see where they're going. Getting up to an hour, getting into our second break. Great dialogue. Friday. Y'all bringing it today, man. Y'all making me get up there and feel like, like I'm in front of – I don't start class next week, guys. What, what's the deal? Y'all trying to get me some practice in it? Get you ready, We'll be right back out of this break. Do you think all pads are exactly the same? Think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean? Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get them! It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. Goodbye, itchy squirm. Hello, clean bottom. (laughs) (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. One bite of 100% Angus beef ballpark frank and you'll say... Hello, summer. 
Oh yeah, it's ballpark season. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Sherman. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know him like I know him, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of And who the boss? So listen to Professor Yesla. And pay attention, because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop as they're out on assignment. We have the sports rap group in Brian and AD. And boy, they bringing it out to me, man. They make me go into my, put on my, my, my. Extra lab jacket. I should have came back in the break with my jacket on. Really hey, get into it. Hey, Doc, you made me feel like that kid in class who got their hand up and they, they just know they got the right <laughs> answer. And then, and then you'd be like, excuse me, I need to go to the bathroom. I'll be back just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all good. You know, it's all good. We're just trying to get it right. We're trying to get it right. But I do want to get into this offensive line talk. We don't, as they say in many places, to talk about the big buckets. We're going we're gonna to call them the big intellectuals, you know, Aristotle's, right? The big guys that move the line and really decide the game. Um, and you can't get it done. You can have the best quarterback. If you don't have a good line, um, you're not going to really see things come to fruition. You can have a great wide receiver, a group of them. Um, and if you can't have a line, you got the great quarterback, it's not going to happen. You can have four-star, five-star running back, right? There's no holes there. I don't care how talented he is. He might make it work for a little while, but uh, for most of the game, it's going to be challenging if you can't get it done so let's give some love to the offensive lineman so i want to know mid-major major division i'm gonna start with you drew because you all about that siec this season as you the writer of the siec uh which is nice but generally speaking both of y'all do a job on sunday in terms of turning over those hidden jewels and giving some of those coaches at the division two level siec ciaa and this is really in all sports an opportunity to talk about their program. So I really appreciate the work you do here. So we're going to start off with the mid-major. I want to know your top three linemen, and then, if possible, your top three offensive line. If not, you can do as, you know, a one offensive line overall that you want to look at. But give me a combination and let me know your thoughts on the mid-major offensive linemen that are out there. And, and this – Offensive line is such a tough category, Doc, because, and I said this on yes. Tuesday's show, the only time you ever know an offensive lineman's name is when they get hurt or when there's a yellow handkerchief on the field. So it's really tough. And, and, and last time I checked, uh, Brian, I did not see anything for an offensive lineman on a stat sheet. You know, defensive line. You got you got tackles for loss. You got sacks. Uh, linebackers. You got your same type categories. Uh, D backs. You got interceptions. You know, offensive linemen. They are the forgotten group out there on the field. But like you said, you can't do anything if you don't have an offensive line. Ask Grambling, and ask the quarterbacks who played Gram- with Grambling for the last couple of years when you don't have an offensive line and and what that could do for you. Good team. Offensive line was, was not the best. So, Doc, I, I say all of that to say I did not quantify any particular person, but I did look at some offensive lines as a unit. And these are the three top offensive line units that I think will be coming back. And these are in no, no particular order. So we'll start off with the defending Black College Sports Network national champion, Bowie State, 
with two first-teamers, preseason first-teamers on the offensive line with Mark Murphy and Quentin Bobo. We all we, we know what Bowie State did. We know they, they've had a good ground attack. We, we've known what they've done from the quarterback position, the last two quarterbacks that they've had there, the type of numbers the last two quarterbacks have done. So that has come somewhere. Both of these guys have uh, multiple years starting. So we'll start off with Bowie State uh, offensive line. Next offensive line I want everybody to know is Shaw. They also have two first-teamers on their offensive line, uh, Tyrese Bobbitt and Antonavius Zachary from uh, from Shaw. Shaw is the close, has been the close, but can't quite get over the hurdle this year. And both of these uh players were on the all CIAA team last year. And my third offensive line that I am going to look at, Dr. Cavill, is going to be from the number two team last year. Uh, Their preseason number one or number two, depending on what poll you look at for the HBCUs, but that would be the Albany State Golden Rams. Yes, we talked about the Albany State defense last year. But that offensive line pounded you because that defense would put them in position. They would get leads. And what do you do once you get the lead, Dr. Cavill? We're going to run the crap out the ball. Three yards <laughs> and a cloud of dust when, when it comes to it. Albany State with one first-team offensive lineman, two second-team offensive linemen. First-team offensive lineman, Kate Pringle uh, from St. George, South Carolina. And also for Albany State, you have Josh Simon as a uh, as an offensive lineman, and Jaquan Gordon from Albany State. Uh, he's a sophomore. Both of those guys, no, Simon is a junior. Gordon is a sophomore, and uh, Gordon's from down your way, Brian, in uh, Orlando, Florida. And one offensive lineman I've got to mention just just on personal GP. He was second-teamer second uh, SIAC. Nathan Harrison from Tuskegee. He's a, a fifth-year senior at Tuskegee. Side note for Nathan, I coached him in Little League when he played Little League football back at Tuskegee. And he and my son were teammates uh, uh, when my son played football. So my son – actually, my son started next to him at tight end for many years. So uh, just wanted to throw that out. If we're going to mention a name and I'm going to call out names, I got to call out at least one name that I know who's a, who's a first or a second team. That saved you. That saved you because I was jumping here and like, Brian, did he follow any of the rules of the class? Listen to the- <laughs> God, now, God. now, this is where he's lucky, because generally in my undergraduate <laughs> class, you don't follow directions. You get a quick M squared. You didn't get the lecture knowing what an M squared does to your transcript. You cannot get it removed. That means you know nothing. Less than nothing. M squared, you in trouble. Your GPA is shot. But I'm actually teaching that executive doctoral certificate and doctoral concentration class, and it's an entrepreneurship class. And so in that syllabus, I wanted people to really think strategically, analytically. I wanted them to get out of their own way. So I'm going to say that you were in that class, and that way you don't can stay away from the undergraduate F squared, and you're blossoming and providing a little bit of that out-of-the-box thinking. So we're going to rest it right there. Brian, let me go to you in terms of your mid-major. And since I gave Liberty, you do what the hell you want to do. <laughs> I wish I would have known. See, this is where, Drew, we should, we don't compare. This is a part of the show where we don't compare notes. So you ain't got to worry about us cheating off each other, Doc. Because if I'd have known Drew was going to come in with that kind of effort, I'm just looking at all the effort and the last-minute struggling I did to come up with stuff. Uh, yeah, so uh, at least I have some names. You know, it's like when my kids come with some stuff, it's like, you didn't read the syllabus. Well, the instructions say, you know, can I, if I give you this, is it okay? I said, how many did I put up there on the syllabus? I said, 10. They gave me nine. Well, it's kind of close. No, it ain't 10. I asked for 10. You gave me nine. So how many points you can take off? I'm going to take off 10. 10 points for the one you didn't put up there. So And the, and the other nine better be right. And the other nine better be right. So, <laughs> man, but anyway, I love you, Drew. That that was classic. I knew Doc, I knew the minute he started 
down that soliloquy, Doc. I said, oh, Drew, I said, you didn't do the homework. I know you didn't I do did homework. the homework. I got that. Uh, see, right there. Hey, right uh, there. Look, right there. Uh, okay, I got you. Look, I'll be quick then. So the, 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 the thing about the offensive line, I heard you mention this about stats. Yes, there. you know what's funny? There are stats for offensive linemen. The, the offensive line coaches keep this. Uh, I know there are sites, uh, pro football focus, football outsiders that have stats. Now, question is, do they go deep into the FCS level? You know, sometimes. But, you know, I was talking with a particular uh, media entity. I won't put it out there because we may be working on – I'm going to try to work on something. But I want to get into publishing stats for offensive linemen. Because I and we had this conversation at SWAC Media Day. People pick based on <clears throat> stuff that they have no idea about. And, you know, the, the best guy gets overlooked sometimes because, quote, he doesn't have the cachet, name, or stats. But really, the best guy <clears throat> gets overlooked or bumped to the second team. So I think we have to start figuring out a way how to get these college coaches to share some of these numbers that they do the grading. They do the film work. They'll tell you how many guys got pancake, how many guys gave up a sack, all that other stuff. The yards per, uh, it's all out there. So anyway, here we go with my my top three. I give you three guys, right? Now, <clears throat> Drew gave one of those guys already from Bowie State, Quentin Bobo, uh, six foot two, only 265. That's amazing that you see an offensive lineman uh, of his skill set who was a, a first team all CIAA a year ago at 265 pounds uh he's uh i I don't know if you were giving out where guys are from or whatever uh he's from white plains maryland uh six foot senior i think he's on the watch list for um a lot of the uh, all-american uh player of the years i think he's on the box to row preseason all-american team which is pretty good uh given the fact that that is a combination of d2 and fcs also tyrese bobbitt of shaw uh, he also was a first-team All-CIAA selection a year ago, 6'3", 300 from Creedmoor, North Carolina. Uh, what's interesting, I think, Drew, you mentioned about the Shaw offensive line. That team nationally rushed for about 192 yards per game, and they only gave up yeah. 13 sacks. Only gave up 13. So when, for me, when I'm looking at numbers, how do I judge offensive line? I'm looking at rushing yardage. I'm looking at sacks allowed, and then I'll start moving into other things after that, right? And then my number three guy, uh, I don't know if you mentioned him. I don't think you did. No, you didn't. Uh, offensive lineman Tyler Lowry from Miles. From uh, He's a junior from Evergreen, Alabama. First team all SIC preseason. Miles nationally ranked uh, in the top 50, averaging 185.4 yards per game. Uh, so that was kind of one of the things that I looked for for Shaw. And, and Doc asked, kind of as a bonus here, Doc asked for offensive line groups. I got to start with Kentucky State. Ah! Kentucky, Kentucky State, like number that. two in the nation, rushing. I mean, that team ran all over people, averaging 342 a game, uh, 6.44 yards per carry. <clears throat> that offensive line did a great job with that. And they ran that wish, I mean, look, wishbone, wing tee, whatever you want to call it. That That's punishing. That ain't easy to run. And so I, I love uh, what Kentucky State did. Now, number two for me, I I, I can't, I, I, wanted, I thought about Savannah State, but I got to skip over them because with a new coach, I don't know what that system is going to be like. So I'm going to jump to Shaw. Shaw, uh, I just mentioned their yards per carry, only allowed 13 sacks uh, per game. Uh, I thought that was pretty impressive. And then um, I'll go my number three to um, uh, Bowie State there. Bowie State averaging 179.2 yards per game. So that's that's my three, Kentucky State, Shaw, and Bowie. Man, Brian, you get an A-plus just for following directly. I love it. I love it. Let's get into this last break. We'll come back and give you the maiden division, see if uh, Drew can follow, get it right this time. Uh, up on the clock. But I would like to throw this out here. Jimmy said 
Offensive linemen have pancakes, and I love pancakes. Waffles maybe even a little more. But <laughs> as Drew said, coaches recorded, but it's not on the stat sheets. Get back with us. We'll be right back after this last break. Give you what I thought's offensive lineman for the major division. Let's see what the big boys do. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love that, and who the ball, who so listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And pay attention. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Brian and AD. Sticking with you, Brian, let's go with the major division. Top three offensive line. Ooh, okay. I didn't know you were coming to me first. All right, so I'll go with uh, – <laughs> but I'm ready, though, Doc. So I'm going to start yeah, with – Yeah, you did such a great job. You get the chance to throw it back out there. I'll come right well, back to you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. And so I had to go, I had to use quite a few resources. So a lot of people, a lot of places that, you know, put this info together, but I got to start with Mark Evans, the second of the UAPB. Uh, I mean, he's the guy, you know, he, he's the guy that is on everybody's list. Um, all American Phil still has him on the second team of FCS. Uh, you know, box to row has him as all American. I mean, he, he's the guy um, that you don't want, as they say, you don't want to get into a phone booth with him. And so <laughs> the matchups this year will be pretty amazing uh, as, as he takes on some of the uh, outstanding uh, defensive ends, especially at FAMU and uh, Southern this year. Uh, number two, uh, I, it's a toss-up, but I, I, well, let me go to Colby Bird. I, I don't, Norfolk State, uh, he's a center um Norfolk State had a very good offensive line last year he was a three-time MEAC offensive lineman of the week um that conference and Norfolk State does a good job of running the ball um so I I think Colby Bird a junior from Virginia Beach would be my number two and my number three ah this is tough I you know because I I, I'm gonna I highlighted Tony Gray of Jackson State and, and, you know, it's not because it's tough because he's Jackson State guy. But I, I, I thought also my honorable mention would be Robert Lacey, a guard from Tennessee State. Tennessee State had a very good rushing attack last year. And I don't think a lot of people yeah. pay attention or understand that. And they've got a very good running back. So um, I, I think that's kind of my, my tie for third there between, <clears throat> between Tony Gray and uh, Robert Lacey of Tennessee State. With that, Drew, great job, Brian. Good stuff, good stuff. Great points made. I like that you snuck in there and got that Tennessee State out of there. That's a pretty good one. Hey, Drew, what direction are you going with your top group? I encourage you with uh, Tony Gray there, uh, Brian. I had him as my number two on on my list. So, uh, Jess, if you will – Needed a second opinion on which one that 
you may want to vault. I did vault Tony Gray, not only for his personal success, but for his team success. But before before I get to the number two, got to go back to the number three. And my number three is Inem Dukwa of Howard. He's he's a senior and he he moves south from Toronto, Canada. To, to Washington, D.C. You, you got to think about that when you're going south to go to D.C., how far north you must really be exactly. down there. But, you know, uh, the, the lack of team success at Howard is kind of what pushed him to that uh, to that number three spot. And uh, for me, my, my number one would have to be uh, – oh, I, just, I just lost a spot there. Oh, my goodness. Well, as you but, oh, oh I, 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 I've got it. Um, my, my number one would have to be uh, from Southern Dallas Black. Mm. Now, what's going to be interesting about Black this year is Southern under Dawson Odoms and, and, and throughout has been a run-first team. The question with Black is going to be what it what is his pass blocking looks like because you we know what Dooley likes to do. Dooley is a pass first, fast break coach. So we're gonna really get to see his diversity this year and see if he's able to make that adjustment. But as far as units, by units, you have to start in Orangeburg, South Carolina for what Buddy Pugh likes to do. And Buddy Pugh will take your heart. Away, you know, th- there was this old saying about Buddy Pew once upon a time. Buddy Pew does not does not pass even if it's on the interstate in the passing lane. So, <laughs> you know, Buddy Pew is is gonna run and run and run the ball. Number two on that uh, would be for a rushing attack. Southern's rushing attack may have been second to none. Their passing attack did leave something to be lacked, but on the ground, you definitely had to look at Southern's rushing attack and my number three line uh coming back is florida a&m florida a&m's line was good you know there were questions at quarterback what you did not have questions at is opening up the holes for uh for the running backs the bevy of running backs yeah we know bishop bottom was the featured back but for the uh, bevy of running backs that they had back there and the it the quarterback success last year or lack of success last year was not due to lack of time in the pocket. So it was due to some other due to some other issues. So Florida A&D would be my number three as far as a unit. I like it. I like it. I was surprised a little bit though, as many people have pretty much said, at least in the swag that Andrew body is the real deal in quarterback um, and probably the second best quarterback in the league. Obviously it was preseason, uh, second team offense, but nobody talked about his offensive line. Drake Sinners, Texas Southern University, had made all swag as a first team. You can't be that talented as a quarterback uh, and not have anybody on the line. So I was surprised that you didn't put it out there. But I think in the most part, in terms of what you said, top three in your line, that's pretty good. I, I like what you went there. You went off the script a little bit with Howard. I think that made sense. Go ahead, Brian. I was just going to say with Andrew Body, I thought about that, but then I'm also wondering, is he running by design or is he running because he has to run? <laughs> I, I need to see that. I need to figure that out. Phoenix Harper. <laughs> yes, I, I think that could be very true. Very true. So point well taken. Another let's check. Uh, Brian is bringing it. A.B. Drew, come on now. You did redeem yourself in the second part. So I think you're up to a B plus. Let me get that part out there make sure I give you credit. I'll see my way out of a class. (laughs) (laughs) Excellence, man. Excellence and achievement. We're going to do a little better than the C. But I understand. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. We're going to go off the beaten path just a little bit here. I wanted to give the women some love. Shivery's not done in terms of soccer. Preseason poll rankings for soccer was out there. Uh, Mississippi Valley is at the bottom in terms of 10. Remember, Bethune, Cookman, and FAMU are not playing soccer, women's soccer at this time. So, yeah, Mississippi Valley, 38 points. Um, this is the preseason poll from Coaches Inside D's. 
Arkansas and Pine Bluff at 51. And notice they do all 10, not divisions. Alcorn State at 73. They did receive two first-place votes. Texas Southern with 84. Southern at 96, two first-place votes. Jackson State at 124, one first-place vote. Alabama State, 127, one first-place vote. Alabama A&M, 129 at three first-place votes. Prairie View won the championship last year in overtime, uh, in classic time on the pitch, getting it done, 132. They have six first-place votes. Grambling had more overall points, so they are predicted to finish first with 136 points, but they only had one first-place vote. I thought that was interesting, and so we'll see what's going on there. Also, in terms of volleyball, they hadn't done the predicted order of finish, but they got the preseason folks, so preseason player of the year, Dominique Washington, FAMU. Preseason blocker of the year, Aaliyah Dallas, Bethune-Cookman. Preseason libero uh, is Jada Taylor for FAMU. And preseason setter of the year, Iram Yukar, is I'm pronouncing that correctly? Iram Yukar. Yes. So from FAMU as well. So FAMU's deep. Florida's The state of Florida is deep. Jackson State had a total preseason selection. And you had four Alabama State. Which your well, coach on the show ones. back uh, when you did uh, uh, talk about it that they have they had three Arkansas Pine Bluff Prairie View Alcorn Southern and Texas Southern all had one selection so I thought that was interesting the last thing I want to give out before we give the show continuing a little bit coming off the beaded path with North Carolina A T uh, parts ways with men's basketball coach Will Jones North Carolina A T has abruptly parted ways with the men's basketball coach Will Jones after two and a half seasons. Overall record, had a winning record, 37-35. Looked like he was really doing stuff as he claimed out of the MEAC. Didn't get to play in the tournament that year uh, because of the COVID test. Bounced back. He was the only team to defeat uh, the number one ranked team that came out of the Big South, even though they finished in the middle of the pack. Supposedly had a great recruiting class to most Aggies that was out there. So a lot of this is kind of intriguing particularly when you talk about the timing. But quoted here, we appreciate all that Coach Jones accomplished. North Carolina A&T men's basketball program wished him well in his future's endeavors, end quote. That was A&T AD. Earl Hilton said in a release Thursday, we will rally around Coach Sumpert as he prepares our young men for our first season in the Colonial Athletic Association, end quote. That's the uh, interim coach who has been elevated uh, to that position as an assistant coach. Something to keep your eyes on. Again, Jones, Will Jones was pretty solid, liked by the fans uh, for the most part. So a little odd on the timing. We'll see if we find out more. But I certainly wanted to get out there in terms of the news there before we close off. I did want to also say women's side, softball star, Odyssey Alexander joins Howard as an assistant coach. You remember what she did, James Madison, softball a couple of years ago. Uh, she also plays USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium. She's played there. Getting it done, we were amazed at what they did against Oklahoma, taking a long run in the uh, softball uh, championship there. That'll do it for us today. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, AD. Great job. Make sure you tune in to them every Sunday night. They'll break it down and give you uh, in-depth knowledge of what goes on. And then you can catch Brian also as he brings along the rest of the team in terms of ONG strike zone. Great interview with the AD yesterday. So if you didn't see it, go back and check that out. Great show there. Obviously, a, a, Drew uh, brings it in all different facets. Nights of the round table. Look for that coming back uh, on Monday. And then, obviously, download my JVN, my BCSN. That's my JVN, my BCSN. Uh, make sure you continue to check out the pregame show uh, with uh, Charles Bishop and Neely as they get it done. Carlos Brown on Saturdays. Uh, we have um, eight, the game. What is it? Uh, game time? Game time. What we're doing on, yes, on Saturday as well. Sure. As that's coming up, make sure you check that out. I'm out there bringing some other folks. We can maybe bring in some other folks online to get it done. BJ Jones will be coming back with the HBCU football on Sunday. Look for 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast Prairie View coming out. So we're going to dominate the landscape and a Call lot those. of other surprises that Roy will be getting out there in terms of what this looks like. So I did want to drop that down as we're getting in here. Appreciate the lab listeners. Great involvement by you today. You brought your homework. I appreciate it. We'll keep it going. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. 
I am Dr. Yada Kabil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, uh, joining again today. I thank Eddie, Drew, Brian, Fulford, live and in living color as they always do it. Again, I want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I've been going off on there, giving you all the updates. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Go back and check out HBCU Nightly. Gave a shout out, gave you some insight in terms of the governance structure of NCA. We're already hearing that you're talking about on the foot side, football side that they're talking about pulling away. So you need to go check out that lecture. I gave a little hint that that probably would be coming. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Drew? Nine days to kick off. Of course. Right. Lecture. Dismissed.